I enjoy the suffering of others as well. Everyone to episode 15 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Myring, Talis on the boards, and sadly, my co-host, Derek Keemsberg and Embryon on the boards, is not with us today. He is off on a globetrotting jaunt, we'll call it, and uh, we wish him the best in his lovely travels as he comes home, hopefully, with souvenirs for me. And to replace, which, well, that sounds kind of sad, but we did replace Derek today with a uh, friend of the show. Caitlin Argyros. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. And, well, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi. I'm Mike. Apparently, I'm just Mike now. Yeah, I'm you... No long, I'm no longer a special guest. Yeah, you've been promoted to just Mike. Oh, that's kind of sad. So, we decided to go with uh, a topic that we've heard a lot about today. We, people have requested this, and we've been sort of plotting it for a while. We have all kinds of ideas. But we're going to go with town themes. We thought that would be fun and get us uh, it would give me an opportunity to include a track i wanted to include so the whole thing was based around purely one song that i wanted to have in there however before we get to that yeah again (laughs) but as always before we dive into the topic we get some recent albums to listen to and the first one is an album i just reviewed quite literally i think yesterday before we recorded this and that is the i think it's pronounced grinzia soundtrack by shannon mason it was originally a mobile turn-based rpg that was ported to the 3ds in in steam but on the Steam version, uh, there was a new soundtrack done by Mason, who goes by Pong Ball on her Bandcamp. And it's this sort of Super Nintendo-styled soundtrack that I really, really liked. Uh, it's some really strong melodies and a lot of call-outs to, you know, classic Super Nintendo soundtracks. So we're going to go ahead and start with the boss theme, which is the most... Ugh, it's awesome. But we're going to listen to Boss Battle from Grinzia. <laughs> Thank you. 
As always, I love the bass in that track. It's just, it's like, comes out super punchy, and I'm straight up just going to crib what I wrote in my review, and that, I, I feel like that track on the soundtrack steals the show. Like, the bass line is so punchy, and I wrote, it feels like it could rattle bones as well as the any of the foes it compliments. Uh, and I, I, I agree. I feel like that song is just super, like, brutal. It, like, it, it's a, it's got, like, a battle marchy vibe to it, and it just, it really reminds me of the major boss battle theme from Chrono Trigger, that, like, Oh, wait. Oh, my God. It plays when you fight Dalton. But, yeah, it, I, I just – I really like that track. The whole soundtrack, like, with those throwback albums, you run the risk of things not having their own identity. And I feel like that album does a really good job of keeping that, where it's it's taking, like, sound fonts and styles from lots of other Super Nintendo games. But the the strength of the melodies makes the songs stand on their own, and, like, they feel like they fit in well with amongst that whole canon of Super Nintendo music. Well, I also really love the way it starts, starts off with the bass there. Very strong and powerful. And then I like how that juxtaposes with the, I guess, the main melody, the, the lightness and the, 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 the movement of the main melody. It's that nice sort of contrast between that bump, that pounding, you know, it's moving bass, but then you also have a lighter bit to it. Yeah, the, the lower layer sounds really good. I, I, know, I know which part you're talking about, too, like... I'm not in the mood to emulate sounds tonight. Sorry, guys. But, yeah, it's I, I, I got you. I got you. But that's my favorite part of the show is when you make sounds. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll maybe get lucky later tonight. Who knows? Phrasing? Ha! Ah, phrasing! Boom! Are we not doing that anymore? Are we seriously, we're not doing phrasing anymore? Anyway, I like that track, too. You, you know what? It's one of those things you don't... Well, obviously, we're way past 16-bit, but um, it, it's... The best way I can describe it is it's 16-bit epic. It's yeah. very it's it's a very grand sound, but it sounds exactly like well, what you would hear on the Super Nintendo. I don't know. I haven't heard a song like that in a long time, so it's it it's weird that it's a new song, but it kind of makes you nostalgic. Yeah, like it's very sweeping. Like I think a lot of like modern music has like build up to epic parts. That's not a not meant to be a blanket statement, but like you know, generally now that there's this like you know we have increased audio fidelity and like real instruments and stuff there's sort of a lot more build up in like terms of the song being a movement whereas i feel like a lot of super nintendo tracks just boom right get to the melody and the exciting part and so like they ha- end up feeling more epic per square inch of music <laughs> and I, I definitely feel like that's the case with that one like it, I, that's why i wrote like it feels like a battle march like just like some super dramatic fight yeah that's a good point because I don't know. We, you only have a certain amount of time to catch someone's attention uh, with music before they might, you know, turn away and get a little bored. And why would, waste that on a buildup when you could just start off, bam? Yeah, and I would yell at those people, but that's okay because we love all music here. <laughs> Speaking of loving all music, this next one is an album that came out a couple of years ago, and it's sadly it came out as a physical three-disc album. It's the Legend of Zelda Twilight Symphony. It's the orchestral reimagining of the whole Twilight Twilight Princess soundtrack. And it never got a digital release due to rights issues with Nintendo, I believe. That's, well, that's what they wrote on their page. And so, like, it was Zelda reorchestrated and they shut down. It was really sad. But uh, Mike reviewed the album with what is probably my favorite extended Adam Carolla metaphor I've ever read on the website. And uh, the track we picked for it is A Door to the Past which is Mike's favorite on there, and it's great. I just like it because it sounds like a link to the past because I'm not as familiar with the Twilight Princess soundtrack. But before I babble on, babble-on more about that, let's go ahead and take a listen to A Door to the Past from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Symphony.
So the first thing I notice about that song and, and listening to the whole Twilight Symphony is that more, I think, than any other Zelda soundtrack before it, Twilight Princess really needed an orchestra behind it to begin with because it's just so, and again, I'm going to bring back the word we just used earlier, sweeping. Like, it just, Twilight Princess had that really strong sense of drama that Ocarina of Time, you know, there have been great orchestral arrangements of that soundtrack, but that was a, a soundtrack design when we didn't have any notion of a game soundtrack having a full orchestra behind it. Like, there there had been game soundtracks with orchestras that had done their music, but hardware-wise, it just wasn't something that we expected at that point, so it, it, it didn't feel out of place, whereas... I feel like as the technology got better and better, with Twilight Princess playing it, I was really struck by, I was like, this music should be done with live instruments because it's clearly written with that in mind. Like, just look at Mario Galaxy versus Mario Galaxy 2. I'm pretty, I think Mario Galaxy 1 didn't have an orchestra behind it. But regardless, you can tell the difference. Koji Kondo is such a talented composer, and I, I think he had help on Twilight Princess. But regardless, yeah. that song feels natural in an orchestra. Like, that whole album feels like it could just be the soundtrack to Twilight Princess and that song in, in, in as well like I'm not I'm not familiar with the in-game music very much because I haven't beaten that one but you know it it just it has this sort of really encompassing feel to the music yeah I, I would agree yeah that's why I described it the way I did in my review because it, it definitely sounds like I hate to say it because like I like the original soundtrack but it definitely sounds like what they were going for like what it should have been kind of no I agree completely like I think I don't know if it was just tradition or if maybe it was a time thing or it was just not something they considered doing because they hadn't done it that much before or ever, I think, in Nintendo's case. But, like, you know, playing Twilight Princess was the really one of the first major times that I was like, this really should have been done with live instruments. Like, uh, Wind Waker, I think, has... It doesn't have quite the same, like, realism to it, so I think I was more okay with the soundtrack and that one, although I, I like the Wind Waker soundtrack best in the series, except maybe for, like, Between Worlds, but you know, I, I didn't feel like it was missing in that, whereas I really felt like this was filling a gap in, like, the musical coverage of Twilight Princess. What I wrote was, it feels like it's a movement, like you would have, like, with classical uh, music. There's so many, there's distinct parts to it, and it kind of moves through them, and I, I think that Twilight Symphony is a really good title because it does feel like something you might hear at, at an orchestra at a symphony. Oh, yeah. I, I wish... Like, I, I don't think any of the music in this has been in the Symphony of the Goddess concert. Mike, you've been to that, though. But you could comment on that. But I feel like it would fit well. Yeah, actually, some of... There is a whole movement on Twilight Princess. Like, the Skyward Score... Scored? Skyward Score? <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the soundtrack. You can oh, have it Nintendo. Yeah, sequel well, confirmed. Fifty bucks a mention. But Skyward Sword came with a symphony CD. Why? I don't think there's an actual full album for the symphony, and I have no idea why. They just bundled it with Skyward Sword. Yes, but so one, one of the tracks is Twilight Princess, and it's probably my favorite on there. It is really good. We reviewed that album too. You can uh, find that review on RPGFan.com. Yeah, which seems hey, like a I, good. What? I have one more thing. Yes, go I ahead. don't understand because you're talking about Nintendo and their soundtracks. Because it was right around when Twilight Princess came out is when Nintendo like stopped releasing soundtracks to their games. And I don't know why. I, I guess Fire Emblem Awakening had one, right? But it, was, oh, yes. it wasn't produced by Nintendo at all. It was produced yeah. by, uh, well, not Nintendo. I can't remember I, off I the top of my head. but I don't know what happened. Because Wind Waker got one, and then after that, they stopped doing it. And then this the whole thing happened with Twilight Symphony, where you can't get it anymore. So there's really technically two soundtracks that should be out there for this game, and you can't get either one. 
Because one doesn't exist and one is not available. Yeah, so uh, Nintendo executives listening to this, stop it! And that's, that as good, that's as good a segue as any into our next track, which is from the Child of Light soundtrack by, I'm going to butcher this, Cor de Pirate. I, I don't know how to say it, but it's an amazing soundtrack. Easily my favorite part of the game, which I've barely played, so maybe that's not a fair assessment, but the music's amazing, so perfectly worthwhile. And there, I, I struggle with the track to pick because Jupiter's Lightning, the, the battle theme is amazing, but I went with Dark Creatures, and let's listen to it first, and I will tell you why afterwards. So, coming up, we have Dark Creatures from the Child of Light soundtrack. That's the boss. I think that's the boss theme from Child of Light. It plays in one of the trailers, and I just I love how dramatic it is. I know that's such a cop out word because we you know we've said dramatic basically about all three of these songs, but it's just the whole Child of Light score has this like it's cinematic, but not in a western like go to your Avengers movie cinematic. Although we love Alan Silvestre in this show, all of us, and uh, actually we do all love Alan Silvestre. We do, so. yeah, yeah, good. Yes, all back to course. the future fans and Avengers fans. So yeah. You know, it, it has, like, what I'd imagine from a really a really good fantasy film for, like, all audiences. Not, like, a children's film necessarily, but, like, I could see this in, like, you know, I don't want to say Maleficent because I haven't seen that. But in, like, a, real, a, a serious but all audiences fantasy film, it has sort of that vibe to it. The whole soundtrack feels that way to me. And even though I really love Jupiter's Lightning, the main battle theme, I just feel like this really captures the sort of drama and like pathos that goes into child of light i use the word pathos how do you guys how do you guys feel about it well i think i have to add child of light to the list of games that i knew about but didn't play but now must play because i've heard music from the game and it's awesome yes which is a surprisingly long list if you think about it so um but that was 
I wrote in all caps epic because I think that's the only word I could comprehend to come up to say about how awesome that music was. Yeah, that's I definitely like I said the, the soundtrack is it has such it's such a big part of the character of that game because that game is gorgeous. I mean everything on UBR is, but you know the the game has such a strong artistic presence that unless you had some really really big music, I think it would have gotten lost in the rest of the presentation because you know you have the writing that's it's written all in like a po- in, uh, poetic meter. I don't remember the term, and you know visually it's so gorgeous and so. I really feel like that was the that was the appropriate choice with music was to have this sort of really dramatic kick to it. There's a lot of more touching pieces too, and like piano stuff, and then the outro, the vocal theme is really great too. So I know uh, Andrew reviewed it for us on the site. I don't think he cared for the vocal theme, but I I, I am on the other side of that fence. So I think that pretty much uh, lets us get ready to start with our topic, does it not? I think so. I, I lied earlier when I said I decided to go with town themes. I let these two decide completely what the topic for today would be, for reasons, I guess. But I did find a great song, so it worked out well. Found a lot of great songs. In fact, we have how many? One, Twelve great songs in this topic. So I think you picked our first track, Caitlin, and I, I don't think you picked it. I know you picked it because I made the list. So as the guest, you may go first. Yay! I get to go first. So I picked Land of Flowers from Really Default. Um, this is the theme that plays in Florum, I believe. And it's which, so good. Yes. Which is a land of flowers, surprisingly enough. It's so appropriate. So that's my pick. So, Mike, what did you pick? I picked... I don't really know why I picked this one. I mean, I don't know why it originally came to me when we talked about town themes. Because Final Fantasy VII is not really my first go-to. But it's the very first track I thought of when I thought of town themes I liked. And it's ahead on our way from Final Fantasy VII. Which is interesting. Like, that's the... It's a comms theme, right? Yes. I picked the third track, and I picked from a series we've never featured on the show, Alundra. I picked The Village of Enoa because it has a guy going, ugh, in the song, which, you know, <laughs> what what more? That's the only criteria for being on Rhythm Encounters. If you have a dude going, ugh, then you're in. Oh, boy. You don't like my surprise pick. Oh, boy. Yes! So coming up, we've got Land of Flowers from Bravely Default, Ahead on Our Way from FF7, and The Village of Enoa from Alundra.
So I uh, listened to the soundtrack before playing the game, as I'm sure a lot of us did. <laughs> and um, the first thing I thought when I heard it was, this might be a tavern or some sort of bar or, dare I say, a casino theme. Because it's so lively and playful that it, I thought it had to be some sort of, you know, tavern or whatnot. It's a jig of sorts. Yeah, it's a jig. So it kind of fit a place that you might expect to hear live music or something like that. And then it turns out to be Florum, the land of flowers. And I think that works just as well because the way the the main melody, I, I guess it's a mandolin or some sort of guitar-like instrument, uh, just kind of dances around there. It really evokes that imagery for me of like flower petals dancing in the wind. And I just, I love how it's, it moves. You, you kind of want to dance with it. Like you expect to see people kind of dancing to it because it just has such great movement to it. Yeah, I really like too, the, a lot of Revo songs on there. He uses like these twinkling chimes and it's just, it has like this, it, it's so distinctive for him. Like I hear it in so much of his music and I like that it was brought back in uh, Bravely Default. And mm-hmm. we mentioned this on the Music of the Year thing, Extravaganza. One of the strengths of that soundtrack is the variety of each track, I think. Um, yes. I, I think that one loops, but they're very lengthy without a loop. And, like, they sort of – they have quite a, a sense of, like, change and progression and movement throughout each song. Like, it's not it, – it's like the opposite of the Super Nintendo music we listened to earlier, the Super Nintendo style music, where that's, like, one melody that you sort of get repeated. Whereas with Bravely Default soundtrack, it's usually very lengthy tracks that have a lot of variety that are not repeated. And I think that's a good example of that. Yeah, I haven't heard a song from this game yet that I don't like. I haven't heard all of it, like you guys. And, of course, the – big nice collector's edition box for the game is staring at me from my shelf saying play me because i have not yet mine's saying that too but i'm only in chapter four (laughs) well you're four chapters ahead of me there you go and i i well you know what i played too much i have like 70 hours and i'm in chapter four because i've been grinding so much so i'm like i think i'm making this game take longer than it should because i haven't even gotten to the chapter everybody hates no i haven't either isn't that on top of the 20 hours or something you spent on the demo I didn't spend 20 hours in the demo. Didn't you? I spent like 15. Okay. It was That's a lot. still a lot. It was. I really liked it. I really liked that game. Just that whole soundtrack is a great thing. I, I listened to it too before it came out. I reviewed the soundtrack when, like, day one when it came out in Japan. And I was just, like, shocked at how good it was. Because, I mean, I had, you know, I knew Revo. I always have to credit Don, friend of the show, Don Kutowski from Game Music Online for introducing me to Revo because his music is fantastic and his standalone albums are great too, but Bravely Default is like this great throwback. And then uh, the track you picked, Mike, Ahead in Our Way, I, what's the name of that song? It's in Final Fantasy IV, but it's... Isn't that called Ahead on Our Way? Oh, like the main Final Fantasy theme? Yeah, like, you know, it's it's like the intro theme in twelve. Oh boy. I re- we really should know that, shouldn't we? Yeah, like, I, I kind of sworn it was called Ahead on Our Way. Maybe not, though. But regardless, you're going to hate me for saying this, but that song makes me feel 10 years old, and that makes sense, because Seven came out when I was 10 years old. But you know, I just remember it, it's, like, so simple and pastoral. It's such a contrast, because if I'm not wrong, it plays in Calm, which is the first town you go to after Midgar. And it's like, I, I don't know if this was intentional in the design process of that game, but... The, the scale and the contrast. I couldn't have articulated like this as a kid, but this is how it makes me feel retroactively. It's like, 
You go for Midgar, which feels like it could be the entire game. Midgar is gigantic. You're in there for 10 hours or however long you're there, and it feels like the whole world. And then you realize, no, the world is huge, and Midgar is this tiny slice of it. But compared to Midgar, you go to Calm, and it's like three screens plus buildings. And it's just such a, a change, and I feel like this song really captures the the difference. Midgar is all this synthetic and, like, clanging metal noise, and, you know, this town theme is just, it's... Calming? Calming. There you go. And I remember the visuals of that game so well. Like, that game, man, that was my first Final Fantasy, and just, it's such a... Like, I played RPGs before Final Fantasy VII, but, like, that was the first one I played that was, like, the scale was just through the roof. Yeah, I... I love this song also, like you, Stephen, because of where it plays, because of what happens when you leave Midgar. It's, there's a lot of drama, a lot of, you know, bad stuff happening. And then you, you get here right before, you know, the flashbacks happen. And it's a nice sort of palate cleanser, I guess, to have yeah. before you start moving on with the story. And I just, I love, it's nice and sedate. I mean, this is like, you could, this is peaceful the theme song. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. It's very peaceful compared to the fact that you're going to walk outside and see a giant snake impaled on a sword or a stake. That imagery. Sephiroth is such a drama queen. He really is. Yeah, I like that song. And I wasn't going to do this because I tend to do it a lot, I think, on the show is where I come on and I say how I was debating between two different versions of a song. And I gave you this one. So if you want to hear the other one, go somewhere else. What was the one you were going to play? Well, there's the piano collections for Final Fantasy VII as well, which is a great track, but it's missing the, I was going to say flute, Caitlin used woodwinds, which is a much better word. I think that's... Woodwinds. Yeah. I'm not sure that's what makes the song, but without it there, I don't know, I actually like this version better, which is surprising, because usually I would probably go for the piano version for a lot of songs. You know, a lot of the music from Seven, I actually don't prefer in piano, generally. Um, I really like... I think a lot of people might identify with me on this is that the like the sound palette that seven has like those drums and just like it's so distinctive for me that like it's sort of tied into how much i like that song rob mentioned this a lot when he plays final fantasy seven music every time he comes on and uh <laughs> you know i i agree with that although i i don't think this track is covered on it but the melancholy tribute to final fantasy seven by tpr that's some really fantastic arrangements of seven music in like a piano style and uh i it's, it's weird, because I feel like a piano should capture this song pretty well, because it's so simple. But I don't know, for some reason, the Piano Collections version just doesn't do it for me. So I'm glad you went with this one. And speaking of things I'm glad about, ugh, The Village of Enoa. Alundra is amazing. It's, it's one of those games I've been playing it lately, and it's aged super well. I, I mean, I, I think it still looks great, plays great. You know, it, it's from a, an earlier era in games, but this is like, this was, I had never played a Zelda and this was like the first style of that game I had played. So I, I love Alundra. And this song just, it's so diverse and interesting. Like, it's like a xylophone and that dude, like, I don't know. I always remember that because you're jumping around. I remember jumping around and like trying to time my jumps to the dude's voice. And then there's like that salt shaker type instrument that sounds like you're shaking salt. salt. Boy, I was in trouble like two words into that sentence. But it's it such a diverse flavor. I really like it. What do you guys think? Because... I don't know if you've played Alundra. I think you have, Mike. And I know you said you haven't, Caitlin. I have not. And I have a question. I have an answer. Why is there a guy flying? Why not? It's just a random guy that just does. I don't understand the question. I don't either. <laughs> well, it just sounds like, are there people working in this, no. like, you know, like doing 
working in the fields or whatnot. I don't know. I just when I hear people uhing in a music track, I kind of expect it because of the, like there's there's got to be guys or people working. But so lumberjacks maybe. <laughs> lumberjacks. Well, no, most of them are just complaining about how terrible their lives are as they pray to a false god and die in their dreams. But so that's not, that's not all... a reason to uh, I think. Yeah, you know, and like this little elf-looking dude is running around with a bunch of like European people. So, in all seriousness, I like the uh, the use of the electric piano. Like instead of trying to have a a real piano sound, I kind of gives kind of a jazzy feel to it that I really liked. Yeah, I agree. Huh. So. For all my love of Alundra, Mike, the next track that you picked, I adore this soundtrack and this series. Not this game in particular. In fact, we, we I mentioned this game on the latest Random Encounter. But uh, what did you pick, Mike? The Adelheide... Adelheide? Adelheide. Castle, yeah, Castletown from Wild Arms Alter Code F, because we, I like it. There are lots of reasons to like that song, and yeah, we, we had a, a reader write in with a question to Random Encounter where it was like, what game... Would you take that's like a B or a C grade game that one small change or one change would make it an A? And I said Alter Code F if they gutted the Wild Arms 3 combat system from it because uh, the music is amazing. And I picked our second track, which is the town theme from Shining Force 2, another game we've never featured. One of the what? formative RPG experiences in my life. This one's – a lot of people – mistakenly assume that this is Motoi Sakuraba because he did Shining Force 3, but this is actually, actually Motoake Take no Uchi, and I couldn't tell you what else he's done. But, uh, yeah, it's the town theme that plays in most of the major cities. I always called it the Grand Seal song, but I don't necessarily think that's the only place it plays. But, yeah, so getting a little Shining Force 2 up in here, childhood style. And then, Caitlin, our third track was picked by you and another game that I adore. As well you should. Everyone should adore it. Correct. Uh, this is Value of City from Skies of Arcadia. Uh, this is the thing that plays in like the, the lower down and out poor poor section of Value before you get to the ritzy, rich, nice part of the city. The underneath the rutting pizza portion of the city, if we want yes, to use a exactly. bad term from FF7. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's listen before we talk to Adelheid Castletown, town theme from Shining Force 2, and Value a City.
that's another game that just makes me feel like a kid, man. Like, I played Wild Arms 1, I think, after Final Fantasy 7. Because I remember I thought it, it tickled me to death that my box, I still have it, says, this will hold you over till FF7. And I was like, I already beat FF7. Shut up. And uh, just... But in this case, this is the Alter Code F version. But I, I, I didn't like Alter Code F as much. I just feel like the Wild Arms 3 battle system is one of the weaker ones in the series because it can be really tedious. And there isn't... I, I feel like there isn't a great sense of progression for your characters. Um, and I feel like it was exacerbated in Alter Code F. That said, the graphics and visuals and most importantly, the soundtrack are amazing in Alter Code F. It's just... It's so solemn and just... It, uh, there's like banjo in it. There's flute. The bass is great. Just it's such a great cover of that song, and it it has that frontier sound like that reminds me of like some of the westerns I've watched, like just like the banjo, and it's like this. It's the strength of Wild Arms is that it's this fusion of like a JRPG style of music with that frontiersy, sometimes Ennio Morricone vibe of westerny music, and it's just this is such a great example of that. And it has so much heart to it too. Like I just I think of Adelheid like running around doing the charge attack or rather the charge run and smashing into walls. Boom. Yes. And the parrots. Sorry, memory birds. Mem- they were parrots. They were parrots. But they, they were, were scarlet macaws. They were pink or red, right? Yeah, they were like they were pretty parody. Okay. Caitlin's like, yeah, I agree with all of that. I was just laughing at that that pun. It was a good pun. I I love. The opening was really beautiful, and I thought it was going to go in that direction, and then it it just sort of switches to this, you know, kind of, it's got a nice beat with the banjo. I love the banjo. That was an awesome banjo. Yeah. You know, it, it the banjo, too, sort of gives it that forlorn sound, and I think that's an important thing to mention with any Wild Arms soundtrack, is that every one of those games has a world that's sort of dying, mm. and I think that really captures the sort of, it's... There's, it's still hopeful and sort of upbeat, but it's very solemn and sort of like this, like things are winding down. I mentioned this when we did our summer episode, where it's like it just it feels like end of summer or end of an age, and this definitely captures that sort of solemnity. I agree. Ooh, another good word for you. So my track is another one. You know, all of these today make me feel like a kid, but this one in particular because in the particular, this one in particular. Because I played it, oh God, I don't even remember. I had to be like six when I played this game, if less. I don't even remember how old I was, but I, I remember playing Shining Force Two on Sega Channel and like trying to beat it at my uncle's apartment, and like I kept losing my save file because you know Sega Channel wipes the data constantly, and so when I finally owned Shining Force Two, it like it took, it felt like it took me years and years to beat it. It probably wasn't that long, but I just I love this song. It's so bubbly and sort of up, upbeat and. I remember I would leave the game on because I like this song so much and like be on the floor of my bedroom writing stories on a, on a yellow legal pad. And like I would like every character would be like an original character who was just a character from Shining Force 2. And like I think of like playing for some reason, this reminds me, too, of playing the, the Game Gear version sort of hey and like sitting outside of places where my mom got her nails done or, like, shopped at Fashion Bug and me just sitting outside playing Game Gear or later The Nomad and actually playing this game. And I just... It, it, this is Shining Force all over for me. Like, I probably remember this song better than any other one. And it also reminds me, too, how in town in Shining Force 2, when you have a whole group of people, they're all sort of marching in place while they're walking. <laughs> that always amused me. 
Well, they're getting their exercise. Yeah, well, they got to stay in shape for the upcoming battle. Yeah. How, how did you um? How did you play an RPG on your Nomad while you were out? Did you just travel with a backpack full of AA batteries? Probably, yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay. It took six, right? It took. Six. <laughs> yeah, it and the Game Gear took six. Gosh, but you know what? Those things were cool, man. They were like big and heavy, and you know, you got like two hours of battery life on them. But you know what? Two hours was all I needed sometimes because Fashion Bug is boring. I mean, for me, Fashion Bug is boring. I don't know. <laughs> is that a St. Louis thing? No. Yes. Well, not exclusively. Uh, well, this was in Massachusetts, so I think it can't well, be Saint, exclusively. Well, for they me, exist it's the same in St. Thing. Louis. It's it's all over there for me. Uh, here be dragons for you Californians. Yes. So I liked that you used the word bubbly, Stephen, because that's exactly what I was thinking about this. It's such a very happy sounding song, and I've never played the game, but I can sort of imagine just from hearing this uh, what it you know at least what it feels like to be going through this town based on 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 that song and i like i like that when i can sort of get an image in my head from from a, from music about what it looks like having never seen it yeah i think that's a good way to think about it too because like this is the first time you hear this song is before everything starts getting real bad and horrible and evil so like it is sort of this like totally blissful no darkness at all involved track on the opposite end of that whole no darkness involved thing mike that picture you sent me is amazing what is this could I send you a picture? Oh, I, don't, I was searching for Shining Force 2 because I wanted to see the lightsaber. Ah. I guess someone did artwork of a battle scene. Oh, that's really cool. But if we're going to talk about other games that I adore, we already know everyone Everyone who listens to this regularly knows I love Skies of Arcadia. It was in our first episode. Caitlin, Value of City is a great pick because it, A, contrasts well with the previous track. But it's just, this is another track that is like very, well, I don't want to steal your thunder, so you go first. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, of course. So, I think I mentioned this before, but... Oh, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. What I love about this piece is how you can sort of... It, it, there's a lot of despair in, in the piece, which is fitting because it's a really run-down, poor section where people are suffering. They don't really have a lot of hope left. So, it's fitting that you can sort of hear that in the piece. But then there are parts of it where it kind of turns a little bit more positive and you can almost hear a bit of hope mixed in which is also really fitting because of what you and the party do when you get to value and what you're doing trying to 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 give people hope like uh, the way I, I i wrote it down and i sort of view it as like it's like this dark cloudy place with the occasional tinges of light to it mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's the 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 sense that we're used I don't know if it was intentional or if it was just a you know, factor of uh, limitations of the, the hardware, but there's a kind of grungy feel to the music. Um, it's not very, it's, it's got a dirty, a little bit distorted, um, which also I think really fits in well with the imagery when you're running through that part of town. Yeah, like I joked earlier, this is the underneath the rotting pizza half of Valua. And yes. like, it, it definitely gives me a similar vibe to Midgar where it's like this dirty, downtrodden place that isn't quite snuffed out, but it's not it's not happy. No, it's not. But it makes me happy when I listen to it. I mean, that sounds weird, but like, <laughs> no, yeah. I enjoy listening to it. I enjoy the suffering of others as well. <laughs> Around 135 too, the drum synth reminds me so much of Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. It's like this sort of distorted drum synth. And then I would say 
towards the end of the track entirely, it really reminds me of Kingdom Hearts, and I it's got this like melody where it's like like this weird synthy sound in the background, but. There's a lot I love about the Skies of Arcadia soundtrack that sort of channels a lot of the other RPGs I like. And, like, I think a lot of the Skies of Arcadia team was actually a lot of the original quadrilogy of Fantasy Star Games teams. Uh, same, I think it was the same director, too. Reiko Kodama or something. But, uh, you know, gosh. Valley with City just reminds me of how much I like about Skies of Arcadia. It's just such, it's this, like, classic, timeless tale. Yeah, I love it. Me too, even if I didn't play it until the GameCube. So you're saying you played the version with the atrocious music? Yeah, but see, I only played that one, so I didn't realize it was atrocious at the time. So I probably should compare and see what I was missing. Yeah, you should. I would agree. I agree too. We're going to move on to the next block. This is a track that I've wanted to feature on the show forever, and this seemed like the best time ever to play it. And uh, it's from a game that I actually kind of hate. Actually, I really hate it. I I watched my two roommates from a couple of years back both of them beat this game. And just being, like, this is the Xbox version that was, like, technically completely broken, like, enemies would disappear in the middle of combat. But it's The Last Remnant, which, conceptually, I like everything about it, but in execution, it feels like a really weird Unreal Engine fan game. But the track I picked, it's by Tsuyoshi Sekito, and it's called Old Tradition's New Methods. And I remember my roommate was playing the game, and I sort of, like, God, I really feel like we've played this on the show before. I feel like I've said this before. Maybe not. If I have, let me know, listener. I apologize, but I'm playing it again. But so my roommate was playing the game, and he got to this town where it plays, and I was immediately like, what town is that? Where are you? I need to know. And like, he, so he's like, oh, this is the town. So I'm on like Google like typing in the name of the town. I'm like, song, song, and I couldn't find it because it's called Old Traditions, New Methods, not the name of the town. But it's awesome. So that's mine. And then, Caitlin, you picked our next one from a game I love very much. Yes, I picked A Moment's Rest from Final Fantasy XII. Uh, this plays a couple places, but as a town theme, it plays, you might sense a theme here, in the lower part of Arcades. Again, the poor, down-and-out part of You're Arcades. Do you like downtrodden cities? Are you like a fan of those? Uh, maybe subconsciously. It's not something I like intentionally like, oh, I want to go to the, the poor part of town or whatnot. It's just sometimes they happen to have better music or awesome music in general. So it'd be cool if towns in real life had music. Yes. What kind of music would our town have, though? Well, it all depends on which part of town you're in. Are we in the poor part of town or are we in the nice part of town? <laughs> That'd make a big difference. We're in St. Louis, so that would make a big difference. Yes. And then, Mike, I think you picked the next track. I picked the track because from Thank this you. game because Stephen wouldn't. I wanted to, but couldn't. Well, it, it was very admirable because Stephen, you might know, likes Final Fantasy IX a lot. I do. I do. And for the same reasons, I didn't pick a, I didn't pick any track from Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI because if I didn't keep myself in check, I would always pick tracks from those games. Yeah, we just, we can't go back to the well that often. I mean, it's been one episode, I think, since we had a Chrono Cross song, so I mean, I'm already starting to get the itch, but yeah. Yeah, so Stephen told me ahead of time that he was debating between certain tracks, but he wasn't going to go with Nine because he always goes, he likes Nine a lot, and he's trying not to overplay it. It would have so been I Black think, Mage Village. Yes, so I picked the track from Final Fantasy IX for him. And I picked the Kingdom of Bermesia, yes. which is Freya's village, as I recall. Or town, or right? Well, it's her bombed-out husk, but yes. Oh, uh, you know, same thing. Thanks, Kuja. Freaking jerk. Anyways, before I get angry at Kuja for being a total tool, let's go ahead and take a listen to Old Tradition's New Methods, A Moment's Rest, and Kingdom of Bermesia. 
So I don't know anything about the, the town this appears in in the last remnant other than what it looks like. And there's a guy in your party that looks like Zidane, or not Zidane, Titus, but not. But it, uh, this song is fantastic. That whole soundtrack is really great. Like, there's just a, a, a lot of variety to it. You know, the battle themes in particular are especially excellent, which is good because you spend a lot of that game in battle. But the uh, this for this track, the, like I love that like plucky acoustic guitar in the background, and like there's like these like this distortion. It's like wee like and like just there's woodwinds and there's like the drums are like this hollow bongo type thing, and it's just it's so it's such an eclectic mix, but it has such optimism to it. I really like it, and I sort of I like the title of the song a lot because it's 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 got a comma in it, which is unusual. But old traditions, new methods. Like I, I vaguely recall part of the plot of this this point in the game or the city, I guess. And I, I don't know if this is a correct assessment, but like I like the idea. It's like this city with like history and like we've been doing things a long time, but now we get this new way of doing it that's still in keeping with the way things were. I don't know. That's a very it's a weird abstraction of it, but that's that's the vibe I sort of in my head can convince myself that I have, and I really like it. But you guys don't know anything about the song. What did you think? I also really liked the, like you said, the eclectic mix of everything in here. Um, I loved how the strings at the beginning, when it's just the strings and the and the percussion, and then the guitar comes in and the beats picks up, and it's just a really cool sound. And then I guess when it's getting close to where it loops back, and it's again just the the beat and the percussion, and you start slowly adding instruments back in to get to the main theme. That was really cool. I like that part a lot. It's actually not what I expected. Because I'll admit that I do not know much about that game at all. I'm actually looking at images of the game right now to make sure it does look the way I thought it did. Because it, so in my head, I was picturing kind of a sort of Final Fantasy twelve-ish. Because it's very, it's like kind of realistic, and there's a lot of browns. There's definitely a lot of browns, not in a bad way, but it's not in a very song, good way either. <laughs> the song's a lot more um, upbeat than I expected from that game. Like just visually looking at it. It looks like it's a very serious game, unless it's not. But it I, certainly looks that way. I think it had it had a pretty significant degree of drama to it. Yeah, no, but I like it. It's it's got a really nice. Uh, did anyone say it has a nice flow to it? Because that's what I'm going to say. You could say nice flow. It's okay. We haven't we haven't we haven't co-opted that one yet. Johnny oh. Bosch voices the main character too. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Jim. good song. All new to me. I have no idea what the rest of the soundtrack is like. <laughs> well, I know what the rest of the soundtrack to Caitlyn's soundtrack is like. Uh, Caitlyn's meaning Final Fantasy XII, meaning because, a moment's rest. Because it's awesome. Because awesome, yeah. Yes. As our very first guest, Casey Ormond, would totally point out, also the composer or the arranger of Final Fantasy XII Piano Collections, that soundtrack is amazing. Yes, it is. And this is uh, one of my favorite understated quiet pieces on the track there's a lot of you know obviously bombastic you know great music but this piece is it starts off so simple building with more and more uh instrumentation as you get through it's a very melancholy sound to it which really fits when you get to that part that lower part of arcades um it's not the first place it plays in the game but it really suits uh that the atmosphere that you feel uh in that part of the city um, and I guess my favorite part is towards the middle where the strings take over and it's just strings, I think with the harp in the background and there's a, there's a bit of a crescendo happening and the melody starts sort of lifting up 
as things are fading away to go to the loop. Uh, I just it gives me feels. I get feels from that part. Yeah, I agree completely. That that part I even wrote I wrote down the time code on it cuz just it's such a great finale to the song. It captures Arcades really well for me. I agree. Like I know it it plays in a couple places and I think it's also in uh, Revenant Wings. Yeah, you you kind of said everything I could say about that track. I 12 has such an underrated score, I think. Yeah. Like I think people like again, I know you like 12 Caitlin and I like it a lot. I'm just I, I it's my greatest disappointment, but it's still a great game to me. But the soundtrack, I think, is overlooked because of how people feel about the game a little too much. I would definitely agree with that. I would too, yes. And then, uh, so, I, I messed up. Mike picked the soundtrack version of Kingdom of Bermesia, but I derped and accidentally gave them TPR's A Melancholy Tribute to Final Fantasy IX version. And we they decided they liked it so much that we were just going to go with that. Which makes me happy, because I mentioned TPR and Melancholy Tribute albums earlier, and because that song is amazing on that album. Oh, it really is. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of melancholy songs in this show. I don't think it was intentional, but I, I think this one, this version of it really captures that sense of, how did you describe the town? Burned out husk? A bombed out husk? Bombed well, out. Because you show up and you're hiding behind statues and it's raining. That, actually, you know what? That makes me want to go on a tangent about how amazing Final Fantasy IX is, which I won't do. But that is really one of the strengths of of that part of the game, because this is before you've met Kuja and he's sort of devolved into his Final Fantasy villain tropes, which, again, I still like Final Fantasy and their villains and tropes and stuff, but um, that sequence is so cinematic in such a way that, like, you couldn't have in earlier Final Fantasies. Like, you're you're standing behind the statues hiding from Queen Brane and from Beatrix and from... You're like, who is that guy, Kuja? And, like, it's such a mysterious sense you get from him and this song is playing and it's raining and it's like this dark color palette it's so good and that's why i love this melancholy version because it it sort of captures freya's being horrified that you know her kingdom has been destroyed it's one of those things sorry sorry to cut you off i know you're starting to talk kefka gets a lot of credit for being one of the only final fantasy villains that actually does anything and i would disagree wholeheartedly kuja blows up a planet Kuja destroys someone's entire village, so, like, you know, people are like, Kefka is the only one who does anything, and I'm like, well, yeah, except for all of the horrible things Kuja does, like destroying the universe. I, I've never heard this version before, and now I have to listen to everything from the Melancholy version. I I loved how they, I think the original version had, like, um, organs as as the, the main sort of... Uh, Theme and I liked having sort of the uh, the piano in here instead. Kind of it, it makes it feel more personal and somber. And given you know what you mentioned, what's going on, what happens uh, in Bermesia, that really uh, I thought was a really fitting. I also just I love the theme in general and how it's a variation of Freya's theme, which makes a lot of sense since for a good chunk of the game she's kind of like your window to Burmesia and Burmesian culture. And and she uh, sort of, she really identifies with her kingdom too. Like she's very loyal. And so to have her, the, her theme be an offshoot of her nation's theme, if you want to look at it in that direction, yeah. I really, I really like that idea. Yes. Yes. And this version, I just, I like how it's, it's subtle. And like I said, more, more personal than the original. The original is great too, but I like that, that, that this more personal take on that music. 
Yeah. I like that. Personal. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, because the original had, like, uh, it was, like, organy, but it also, it sounded like almost somebody was, like, chanting, like a choir. So I love the, the contrast in this version, because it's already a melancholy song, but this version, again, I'll go with Mike and agree with you on this. It's, it feels more personal. But I'm glad we decided to keep that version. I, I approve. I, like I said earlier, the Melancholy Final Fantasy IX is my favorite Final Fantasy IX arrangement album by a huge margin. Well, I'm glad um, we accidentally listened to it. <laughs> yes, it was a happy accident. Speaking of happy accidents, thank you for the segue. Divinity Original Sin. It is a classic turn-based computer RPG-style game with some really great modern flourishes. I, we talked about it to death on Random Encounter, so I don't want to overlap here too much. And you guys know how much I like it. I've been playing it a lot lately. And uh, one of the things that stands out about this game is, A, that it has a massive soundtrack, but a tiny soundtrack release, um, is the fantastic music in it. This isn't just like, you know, I like the game a lot, so I, and like the music's pretty good. This is like, I am playing and I am constantly assailed by feelings of how good the music is in this game. And there are tons of town themes, tons of battle themes. Like, I've, I've only been in one main city in the story so far. And I've heard no less than it has to be like six or seven town themes. And they're all awesome. This is one of my favorites, though, because it's, it's, it starts out, it has a really cool sound to it, and then it sort of goes bananas. So I don't want to introduce, I don't want to overtalk it yet. It's just from the game. It's not on the actual soundtrack release, so I'm just going to call it town theme. And Mike, you picked the second track? Yeah, it was, um, I don't really know why I stumbled across this one, but I'm glad I did, because I haven't thought about this game in a really long time. But I picked the white cloud in the sky, the town. Was there only one town? The town theme in Brave Fencer Musashi. Yay! That's a, I don't think we feature that game, so thank you. I don't think we have, but there's a few tracks in that game that I just adore, and this is one of them. I would agree. Well, after that, we have Caitlin's pick, which is our, well, technically our last pick of the show. I picked Agniritha, Imperial Capital. This is from Xenoblade, or Xenoblade Chronicles, which is the last city that you get to in the game and for reasons that i cannot quite explain for one of spoilers it's a really awesome part of the game cool well then uh, let's go ahead and start our final block with the random town theme from divinity original sin the white cloud in the sky from brave fencer musashiden and agni the imperial capital from xenoblade chronicles
So, the Divinity Original Sin came out of nowhere for me. I had not liked a single one of the other Divinity games. Not to say they're not good, but they've not really been much I've. Plus, Divine Divinity has a goofy name. But this it just came out of nowhere, and there's so much heart in this game. It's kickstarted, and like there's a couple of articles on like Gamasutra and stuff that talk about like how much the developers wanted to make this game, and I, I get that impression out of the music so much. There's just... The guitar just feels really heartfelt. That little high note in the main melody pluck, that do 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 part, just gets me every time. And then, like, 
some odd a minute in when it just goes nuts and just all kinds of different crazy stuff gets thrown in there. I just adore that song. It's so yeah, it's great. Like it's it's in a game that is already fantastic. It really is one of those things that just brings it, elevates it to a level beyond what it are how good it already is. I got a, a real um, Renaissance vibe from this piece. It sounded like what I might ex- you might expect to hear, like if you're at a fair or doing a magical or something like that. It had that kind of feel. And then it, there's this this part, like a minute in, where it's either they're distorting or it's just a lot of of stuff going on at the same time that creates that kind of. Uh, distorted echoey sound and that was a really i wasn't expecting that at all and that was a really cool part of the song for me yeah i was thoroughly impressed by that actually i knew nothing about the other games in the series except that i don't think a whole lot of people like them so i'm happy that this one's apparently better but if the other music is anywhere near this which i guess i should find out um i'm gonna listen more because that was good some good stuff yeah, um, I'm actually reviewing the soundtrack release, which is only 22 tracks, which is a shame because, again, the game has over 150-odd tracks in it that are all just, like, it's so good. Like, it's it's shocking, the quantity and quality of it. And, yeah, like, I, I just, I feel the same way. Like, I'm almost sort of speechless just because playing it, I, I've been playing it with my friend. We've been playing the whole thing co-op. And, like, so many times we'll just be playing, and I'm like, oh, this song's awesome. Oh, this song's awesome. And, like, he's not a music guy, but he notices, like, even when we're fighting, he goes, this song is awesome. And I'm like, I know, right? So it's if – you, if you did not know anything about this game, you got to give it a shot. If you didn't play classic computer RPGs because you were intimidated by them, this one's got a lot to it, but it's a little more welcoming than normal. Rob would disagree with you, but, you know, that's Rob. He's Rob. And, uh, and he's not here, so I can say that unchallenged. But, you I'll know, challenge you. No, you won't. You agree. I won't. But yeah, great stuff, and again, like I was saying earlier, the game, easily one of the contenders for my game of the year now, like, handily, and it came out of nowhere. So, check out Divinity Original Sin and the soundtrack. And speaking of a game that's great, but not at all recent, Brave Fencer Musashi! Uh, I love that song. Classic PS1 all the way, man. Yeah, it's really... What, which one? I know we use Bubbly for something, but I don't care, I'm going to say it again. It's Bubbly. I guess the whole game kind of is, though. But that's that's kind of what's so charming about it. It actually, if I, it actually reminds me of God, Sekito did some of the Rise of Mana music, and it really reminds me of what I heard there. So it's funny that he co- sort of carries that style forward. It's also interesting to compare it to the other piece we had by him, um, Old Traditions. Is it? I could hear the similarities, like in the the mix of instrumentation, but it still felt really different, which is fitting because it's. Brave Fencer Musashi is a very different game from what I've been able to glean from Last Remnant. Oh, yeah. I, I love that you picked this mic because this is one of my favorite happy accidents of all time. I bought this game because it came with a demo. Uh, I think it was for Final Fantasy VIII. Yep. Um, yep. And that was, that was the main reason why I bought it, because I had to play that demo. And then I loved the game, and I adore the soundtrack. So I, I'm applauding you, but you can't hear it. For we just, that track. Can we call that Zone of the Enders Syndrome? <laughs> I was thinking yes. that too, yeah. Like when you buy a game because you want the demo and then you end up liking the game too. And then uh, the last track, you know, I, I've been joking that Xenoblade is becoming our new Chrono Cross and I'm going to have to institute some sort of rule because I'm not allowed to play Chrono Cross nonstop. So I think I'm going to start limiting Xenoblade to one entry per person per episode. But that song is fantastic, like well worth... Break, you know, well worth having multiple Xenoblade entries in several episodes. 
just the piano is great. The when the violin kicks in, this isn't this is one of the Ace Plus tracks. It's not one of Shimamura's, but that that violin sounds like Shimamura's violin. It catches a sort of melancholy. I haven't been to this part of the game, so I don't know what the deal is. But there's this sort of melancholy, sad, but it's regal, but but sad. And then just when it, it busts into that piano part near the end, it's like a solo piano section, just mm, fantastic. Yes. This is another soundtrack where I listened to the music before playing the game, and I got this image in my head from from this track about what I might expect. I, I was thinking it sounded like it might be someplace mystical. I was thinking really pretty, you know, beautiful uh, buildings, whatnot like that. And the I won't go into details just for sake of spoilers, but it was really different from what I had imagined in my head, but in a good way. I think you learn things about what happened to Ignaritha when you get there in the game, and it makes the the, the melancholiness that you mentioned, Stephen, all the more uh, powerful and haunting, knowing uh, what happened there. And then, of course, the track itself is beautiful. If I'd never played the game for shame, which I, I know it's a horrible thing to say, but if I'd never played the game, I would Michael. still would love this track. <laughs> I've played it. Arguably more than I have. Yeah, but only a little bit. For now. I'm going to go, go play right after. Oh, okay, you're going to win then. Good man. But yeah, as, uh, everything you mentioned about the strings and the piano is just... It, the main theme that plays throughout is just so beautiful. And it's it's simple. Again, I'm, I I tend to go for these simple themes, but... Are you talking about the piano part that... Doo, 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 doo. Yes, yeah. yes. And then I love the part where the piano is... Bum, 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 and the, the oh, strings yeah. are just soaring. Ugh. Every part of that piece, I, I can't get enough of it. It is solidly delicious. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you described that town vaguely, which I appreciate, uh, the <laughs> way you did, because it made me think of another track that I won't mention from another game that I won't mention that I'm going to get on the show one day. What? I, I guess I could have done it on this uh, episode, but I forgot. One of these days I'll get it in there, but... That is part of the reason I like it, because it reminds me a lot of a certain Final Fantasy XIII track. I just broke my rule, didn't I? Oh, I know what track it is. Yeah. Me, me too. But listeners, listeners don't, so you're going to have to keep listening forever until Mike plays it. Actually, just keep listening forever, period. Oh, yes. Please do that. I agree. Yeah. Great track. Yeah, I need. I, I don't even know how far into the game I am. I want to say around 20 hours, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, to me, that doesn't mean anything, because I take forever to do anything and everything. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, I, I don't know. I have a long way to go before I hear that song. But yes. I, still, I still know the soundtrack, and it's a great soundtrack. Absolutely. So that seems as good a spot as any to wrap us up. I, I will say, I, I, I promised I would do this. I would have had Memories of the City from Persona 3 in here, but I wanted to play something different. But, listener, do me a favor when you're done with this podcast and go listen to Memories of the City from Persona 3, because it's amazing. Okay. I'm speaking for the listener. They're they're saying okay right now. You are the listener surrogate, the listener proxy here. So thank you, listener. So yeah, that wraps us up for today. Again, everybody, thanks for listening. Mike and Caitlin, thanks for being here today. As always, we welcome your suggestions, ideas for topics, things you'd like to hear, ways we can improve, all that good stuff. Hit us up on our fresh and new music at rpgfan.com email address. That's nice and easy to remember. It's M-U-I. Wait. Uh-oh. M-U-S-I-C at RPGFan.com. Let us know if you want to hear certain music, if you have ideas for topics. We, we really like to interact with you guys, so that's great. And uh, 
Of course, also hit us up on iTunes, review us, talk about how great we are. As always, I joke about don't leave a review unless you have something nice to say. And honestly, I think I would stick with that. Don't review us unless you have something nice to say. <laughs> or you can lie to yourself. I don't mind if you if you break with your integrity to give us five stars. I'm okay with that. Of course, if you've been listening this far, you probably are okay with it. But regardless, tell people, you know, like I, 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 I haven't said this in a couple episodes, but big part of the show, we want to get people listening to game music that wouldn't have listened to it before. Like I've had a lot of conversations since we started with people who like don't know anything about game music. And, and it can be hard to broach the subject sometimes. Be like, you know, someone's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's game music. And you know you sort of sometimes get that, like from someone that doesn't know about it, you get that sort of, oh, okay, reaction. Educate people like that. Like, you know, explain to them why we like it so much. I, I've had, I had a conversation with a new person at work the other day who, she doesn't know anything about game music, but she was like so interested. And we listened to some and she was like shocked at how good it was. So get people listening and, you know, you don't not, don't necessarily have to make them listen to us, but I like to think we make it approachable. So, you know, if you want to try to introduce people to it, because I feel like that is an awesome thing to do, because we all love it, and the more people listening to it, we spread the love. That's my spiel for the end of the day. Caitlin, you picked a guest track. Hit me, and Mike, but don't phys- don't physically hit us. You can physically hit me. Please don't physically hit me. I have, I bruise easily. Okay. I won't hit anyone, but I might hit you with awesome and feels with this pick. So uh, I could not go without picking something from Xenogears um, because it is still my, ultimately my favorite RPG of all time. So I chose Thames, Spirit of the Men of the Sea. Men of the Sea! (laughs) Yes, which is, I love this because it's just, it's not what you expect from a town theme. And it's fitting because the Thames is not what you expect from a town. It's this big ship or rig in the middle of the ocean that's ha- that's a uh, captain by a giant walrus person, and he's a man of the sea. And he, yeah, he does those dramatic men of the sea poses, <laughs> and he has an anthropomorphic dolphin for like a helmsman or whatnot. I haven't played Xenogears in years, and I don't remember it very well, but I remember Men of the Sea, so that must say something about him and this song. Yes, something yeah. good. It sticks in your head. Yeah, and there's I, I it's it starts off and it sounds like a work. Uh, tr- track you've got guys shouting there's that uh i, I mentioned earlier <laughs> in this and then it kind of gets a little playful because again like i said anthropomorphic dolphin walrus for a captain men of the sea and then it gets kind of you know serious dramatic kind of we got things to do let's do them at the end which is my, my favorite part but yeah i i just i love this track i love this game so i had to pick it Yeah, fantastic. I'm always a big fan of getting some Mitsuda and particularly Xenogears on there. You know, I I skew more towards the Chrono Cross side of things, but Xenogears is probably his one of his other best works, I would say, in my opinion. So I I am happy to have this on here. So everybody, Caitlin, Mike, thanks for listening. Listeners, taking us out is Ten, the Spirit of a Man in the Sea from Xenogears.
why is there a guy flying? Why not? 